Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. It's not about me I'm only here for a minute And I know that I can't fix it I can help even just a little bit Won't you let me try Hello and welcome to the latest Laz and Powers podcast. I am Mark Lazarus of The Athletic. I am joined by Scott Powers as always. Scott, is it March 4th yet? I can't wait for this to be over. Yeah, how many days is it? So we got about 11 days. 11 days, 11 days. I can't even count. Um, Yeah, it it feels like it's been going on since November, maybe? Some some of that's on us because we were covering a team that was so bad and losing eight games. That is not on us. That is on them for building a team that is Well, yes, yes. (laughs) But we have been talking about the trade deadline since basically Thanksgiving, if not earlier than that. So, uh, you know, we might have no one to blame but ourselves. Yeah, well, that I mean, that's... I mean. If it wasn't Kane and Taves, it'd be different too, right? Like if we were talking about Domi and at the CU, those are the guys, but <clears throat> the looming names the entire time since they had no contract going into the season was Kane and Taves. And um, here we are 10 days out. And obviously we, we got some clarity on Jonathan Taves with the news of uh, his health and how he's still dealing with long COVID uh, on Sunday. And then, um, yeah, Patrick Kane is still yet to reveal what, uh, what he's going to do and, and, I, uh, yeah, they played tonight, and I, I don't, I mean, is this Patrick Kane's last game at the United Center? I mean, there's one more game until the deadline, but if he wants to be traded, that there's no guarantee that he, um, he gets to play that final game, unless that's how they kind of work it out. But so, um, I'm curious if this is his last game, and it, it certainly felt like Patrick Kane's uh, game against Toronto was sort of this farewell in some ways, just because. Uh, you know, he probably is not going to score another hat trick over tonight, but uh, just the way that he was able to to play at that level, and then also just you know being able to in a win too, um, you know that it was just a feel good moment for him and being able to salute the crowd and be the number one star, and it, it felt like his goodbye. Um, but but to not know like I it, it just yeah it just it's all up in the air. Yeah, if he gets traded eventually, it's almost a bummer that that wasn't his last game. Yeah. What a way to go out, right? He, he gets to do the victory laps. I, ESPN Plus, the game was an ESPN Plus exclusive. They didn't show the three stars. They had to go <laughs> cut to Barry Melrose in studio, which is just mind-boggling decision for me. Um, did he, he take a couple about of the ex- hits? He talked yeah, about the pro- hits in the game? Probably, yeah. I was too busy like going, what the hell, man? Uh, did he take a couple extra laps? Did he milk it at all? Like, What was it like in, in the arena? 
Yeah, it, it felt like uh, you know when they they do you know they all they all circle in the middle and then and they salute the crowd and you know after the win especially and then <clears throat> it it seemed like he skated to the one end um, even during that and was saluting and then um, and, and then during the number one stars you know that he um, yeah I mean he certainly did kind of his normal lap too but it, yeah it felt like something extra you know like he it seemed like he was soaking it up where he um, you know after afterward I'd I'd asked him like you know considering. You know the game, <clears throat> the crowd, the second largest crowd of the year, and the mo, you know, like that you you don't know, and he he sort of downplayed at least the idea of him being traded and saying that he was just thinking about the game, but yeah, um, which is strange because as of late, I felt like he's been more open about like you know like. And maybe because the New York Rangers stuff, maybe it came back to bite him a little bit. Where... Yeah, I I, th- I think either whether it's his own decision or the team or his agent, I think someone got in his ear and said, maybe dial it back a little bit here. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, you're being too like, yeah, God forbid anyone, <clears throat> excuse me, ever be honest and open with their emotions and their feelings. Like, I really respected Kane for talking so openly about it and just being like, yeah, bum me out when the Rangers traded for Tarasenko, because that was one of the places I was thinking about it. I, it was refreshing. It was surprising. Don't get me wrong. And it's probably not ideal from a team standpoint, but it was refreshing. And, you know, we got to Toronto and everybody wanted to talk to him, but there was no morning skate that day. And it became a whole thing where the Toronto Riders were upset, which I understand. And I think since then he's kind of like tried to dial down the drama a little bit. Yeah. Which which is probably the smart thing to do, especially if he really hasn't made a decision yet. And honestly, I don't think he has. Like I know he I don't think he's BSing when he says, you know, I think he certainly knows what he's probably going to do, but he is having trouble articulating the words. He's he yeah. seems to be having trouble saying, trade me. Like yeah. He doesn't want to say the words out loud. I'd still be shocked if he doesn't ask for oh, a yeah, trade. Yeah, yeah. I, and I also think that he's probably told Papers on his agent that this is what he wants. But when to execute that is an is another thing. And I, I think I think this next window is. I mean, obviously the, the window's closing here, but I, I think to get through this home game, you you you've played. You know, like you had the Toronto game, you had this game. You know that there's now a long road trip you don't have to deal with um yeah yeah being around like i, I think being around chicago and, and all that would make it more challenging because uh he, he does enjoy playing in that stadium and, and the fans have certainly um you know they've they've been present throughout the whole season so I, I think the more that he's with in the united center right now the more challenging it is i think the road and just you know the the schedule and and then just the dates, you know, like the, the time is, I, I think, you know, I, I think Prasan had said, you know, close to 10 days that they were hoping to give teams and, and the blast tomorrow. So um, <laughs> I think that this makes a lot of sense where this, uh, yeah, you play this game and, and, and I, I don't know. I, I, I'm sure that, you know, people are going to try to talk to him in the morning skate and, and we'll want to know, is this your potentially your last game? And I don't know if he'll reveal that, but um it feels like once this game's over that he can probably move on a little bit more and, and move on to whatever his, this, this, this is a good, a good road trip for him too. It's not going back to Canada where everybody wants to talk to him and there's a throng of, of, of local media wanting to get uh, quotes from him. You know, we got what Dallas and Anaheim and Arizona and San Jose. These are yeah. not huge <laughs> markets where there's going to be a ton of reporters in that room harassing him. It's going to be you. And even, even, even it's going Dallas, to be you and Ben and Charlie, and it's going to be you know one yeah. or two local guys lingering. That's all. And and even Dallas, it's 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 off a of back to back, so it, it's it's not like he has to, right. You know, like Dallas is the one team of the ones that you know that on this road trip that he could potentially go to. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's it's very yeah. It'll be you know it's it's uh, the, the nice weather hopefully helps too. So, you know, <laughs> it'll be it'll just, it'll just be it's quieter. a more relaxing trip. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I think you know, uh, you know I've yeah. been to, I've been to Western Canada and Eastern Canada with the team the last three or four weeks, and 
it's a different beast when you go into Canada. I mean, even in, you know, Calgary or Edmonton, there's just like, there's an extra 15, 20 people in that locker room and they all want to talk to Patrick Kane about his future or Jonathan Taves. Uh, and with Taves not in the room, it's just, you know, Kane's like a magnet for everybody. So I think this will be a less stressful trip and allow him to really just make the decision on his own terms. I, I didn't, I, I wouldn't, we didn't talk too much. What, what was the Toronto media like with, with the, uh, the Kane thing? Uh, they weren't happy. I mean, it, it was just fluke of the schedule where, yeah. you know, this was before the Ryan O'Reilly trade. So there was all this, all of a sudden, this heated speculation that Kane was like a lock to go to Toronto. I don't know where it came from. I had never heard that in my reporting. I don't think you ever heard Toronto much in your reporting. Uh, we had heard a lot of teams and Toronto wasn't really high on the list. Um, and, but so Toronto really wanted to talk to him and, you know, Kane didn't talk before the game. There was no morning skate and he didn't talk after the game because he didn't do anything in the game. And I think a lot of people in Toronto wanted him to speak after the game. And normally I'd be like, you know, I'm the PHWA chapter chair in Chicago and I would be all, you know, haranguing the Blackhawks, get him out there. You know, this many reporters want him, but he spoke literally like every single day on that trip. And for like the two weeks before it, he has been available after every morning skate and every practice, you know, he's usually available after a game. If you need him, uh, I had a hard time faulting anybody on that one. He's allowed a day not to talk when he talks literally every day. Kane, you can't say Kane has been ducking the press in this uh, whole process. He is always available. He's always, and like, like we were saying before, if anything, he was honest to a fault about this whole process. So uh, yeah, Toronto wasn't happy. It's Toronto. It's kind of how it is up there. Uh, they expect a lot. They demand a lot. It's a demand. That's like which why a lot of players are you know wary of going to some Canadian cities. It's not that's the weather. It's not the taxes. Okay, it's a little of those things. But there's a scrutiny level that's hard to fathom because the NHL is such a minor sport in the states. It's the only sport up there. It's the thing that it's it's like you know in Dallas they're talking about the Cowboys all year round. That's what it's like in Toronto with the Leafs. They are talking about the Leafs twenty four seven all year round, and you know the Raptors get some play too. But it's 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 the Leafs. It's always the Leafs, and in Edmonton it's the Oilers, in Calgary it's the Flames, in Vancouver it's the Canucks. So the level of scrutiny is so much higher than any market in in, in the states. Like people talk about, oh, New York is such a hard place to play. No, it's not. In hockey, are you kidding yeah, me? It's the yeah. easiest place to play because you're like the 17th team in the town. There's so many freaking teams. And, you know, you, you walk up and down the street and nobody knows who you are. Uh, it, it, it's, it's a, I don't find New York a difficult place. to. If you're a baseball player, yeah, New York's a tough place to play. But in hockey, no. Nowhere in the States comes even a fraction of what it's like in Canada. So I think Kane being free of that stretch of the trip, like that was tough timing for him and he handled it well. I think he'll be happy to go to some smaller markets that are uh, a little less hectic as, as he, you know, even if he does make the decision public during this trip, you know, who's going to come talk to him in Anaheim besides you guys and, you know, Lisa Dillman, Eric Stevens. And that's basically it. So, I mean, it's not, it's just not going to be a huge issue. I don't think. He also said after the last Toronto game that Toronto wasn't something that was least on his radar where he didn't think it was ever a real possibility. So um, switching gears to, the Taves and, and and certainly we've, we've written plenty about it and it's been discussed over the last few days but um still still surprising I, you know it's to go from um flu-like symptoms to you know like you, you sort of got a sense that things weren't going according to plan where you know the longer that he was out and you know had been a few weeks and um but still Luke Richardson saying that you know Jonathan Taves is you know reports are he's skating and you know it sounds you know at one point it sounded like you know Richardson said he said he saw Taves you know some good spirits and you know like he was he was in the gym and it, and it felt like things were moving forward and then 
Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, like it's he's not in Ottawa, and then you you start hearing things that maybe he's not going to play the next few games, and then and then boom, he's he, he announces that he's uh, he's feeling the same symptoms that he had before, which is which is scary considering that it's been three years since he originally had COVID and started dealing with this. Um, and then he's going to take a step back from hockey, which, um, you know, obviously that affects the trade deadline, but it, it also brings in a question, um, you know, whether he'll play again this season or, or where his career's at. Yeah. I mean, I remember when I sat down with him in the summer of 2021, when he really detailed his kind of year off and what it was like for him. I mean, it was harrowing stuff. I mean, there were days where he couldn't get off the couch where walking to the refrigerator just exhausted him where he just wondered if he'd ever be able to live a normal life again, let alone play hockey again. And, you know, from what I understand, it doesn't sound like it's like that severe again right now. But, you know, you and I have talked to him so many times over the last couple of years, and he's always talking about his energy levels, right? He's like, you know, my energy isn't quite like, especially that first season back when he w- didn't really look like himself. He kept talking about how I'm just trying to get my legs back. I'm trying to get my energy level back to 100%. And I don't think he's ever been at 100% these last couple of seasons, which, you know, give the guy credit. It's kind of incredible what he's been able to do while dealing with this. Um, you know, to, he was a pretty good player this year. He had 14 goals and, you know, was uh, the top faceoff guy in the league and was playing serviceable defense. And uh, he's been dealing with this the whole time. I thought it was interesting that in his statement, he flat out said this is long COVID uh, to go with the chronic immune response syndrome, because, you know, back in 2021, he acknowledged that it was probably uh, long COVID, but he was wary of using the word COVID because he thought it would distract from things because COVID was still such a you know, loaded term back then. Um, but it's important that he comes out and says, like, this is what a lot of people in the country are dealing with. I mean, you know, it's not it's not even close to the same, but like myself, I've had COVID twice and I had mild asthma coming into this. And now it's much more pronounced than it was. Like I, I used to use an inhaler like literally five, six times a year. I use it almost every time I work out now. You know, little things like that. And if you're a professional athlete and the, and, and, and the level that he's been dealing with this, you know, this is something that a lot of people across the world are dealing with right now. And to have someone like Jonathan Taves come out and say, I have this too, you know, it's important to highlight that this isn't some fictional made-up disease like the morons in my mentions are saying. Like, this is a real thing. And it's a, and we don't know what, we don't know really what it is yet. We don't know how to treat it yet. We don't know how long it lasts, if it ever goes away. And, you know, Taves' career basically hinges on the fact that he can get back to something close to resembling 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it's, it's, I mean, there's people who believe in it who don't believe in it at this point, right? Like, I think there's enough cases just that it's out there. And, um, but the fact that it, it continues, yeah, I think it's for anyone who's had long COVID. And, um, I, I know, you know, when I'd gone to Sweden to talk to Johnny Oduya and he, he had dealt with it for, you know, he had said for a good part of six months or something like that. And, um, and, and, you know, he thought some of his breathing techniques and some of that stuff, you know, has helped him. So maybe even tapes and Oduya connect in some way, but, yeah, this you know, like he hasn't been, um, he's looked more like himself. But the ice time and what he's able to do, um, you know, he's yes, he's certainly more fatigued, and you know, like there's just and throughout the season, like he's just he hasn't, you know, at his age, it's harder to keep it up. But I, I think that as this year has gone on, that he's he's struggled to have that single, you know, that same jump from game to game. And, and he's taken, you know, those optional days, those maintenance days to, um, to try to get his body up to speed. And I I think he's had to do that more and more um, as the season's gone on, because this has, you know, like he he just hasn't felt right. And, um, and I don't know what, what kickstarted it again. I mean, he was, he was out sick right before uh, 
two games before the the bye week and all star break, and then he came back and played a game, played about fifteen minutes, and then um, next thing we know is when he comes back from uh, you know the, a week off and, and maybe something he had been dealing with off and on, be, you know, before that. It 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 sounds like from what Kyle Davidson had said that you know it was just something that um, they were aware of. You know, when he came back from break, and then it just it it you know never got better really. Um, so um, yeah, but it. it it feels like it's he's been dealing with it, it's, you know, obviously in some ways, but certainly um, I guess as he's been trying to ramp it up. And, and that's probably the challenging, the hardest, what the more that he steps away from the game, the harder it is to get back up to speed. And right. Um, and, and that's it sounds like it's the, the most. Yeah. The, the hardest part about this. So it's I, and and I get yeah, I and obviously this is the focus and his health. But um, the, the other story is about it, whether his Blackhawks future like it was. um I think we're both both of us were pretty skeptical whether he was going to ask for that trade, but um, he is in his final final year of his contract, and um, you know his health, his age, all those are factors. And I don't think the Blackhawks are going to resign him, but I don't, you know, I don't think this this helps things at all in that in that manner either. So, um, you know, with well, uh, it, it certainly it certainly makes retirement a more realistic possibility, right? I think a lot of people sure. speculate about that. When I talked to Taves in Calgary last month. I asked him, "Do you feel like you have a few years left?" He goes, "Absolutely." He's like, "I'm, he's like, I'm not going anywhere." Basically, what he said. I want, you know, if this becomes an issue again, and you know, he starts thinking about man, the, how daunting it was, how much work it took just to get him into some form of game shape back in 2021. He might not want to do that again. It might not be worth it to him. It might be just, you know, let me worry about, you know, getting back to a decent quality of life and then managing this and, you know, finding another job in hockey. I think that Taves is going to be a coach someday. I, I think. There's a lot of options for him in hockey. He's one of the most respected people in the game. Uh, he can stay in the game without playing, but it's tough. You know, he's going to be 35 in April. You know, he's still a young man, and he still feels he has years left in him. It's just like Corey Crawford. You know, Corey Crawford was a young man when he retired. He just decided he was done. Yeah, and but in hockey, I mean, 35 is, it's not like it's super young. No, it, no. It, it, no it, I it, mean, there's it, plenty of guys yeah. who retire at 35. So it's Yeah, but it's tough to tell a 35-year-old man you're old and you should retire. Because yeah. when you're 35, you don't feel like an old man, you yeah, know? Yeah, for sure, yeah. But I think that it becomes a more realistic possibility because, you know, does he want to go if the Blackhawks aren't that interested in signing him? He doesn't want to put pressure on the team. Does he go somewhere else and just like, again, what Corey Crawford did, which is like do a training camp with the Devils and say, you know what? I don't want to do this. You know, it, it, it's, it's entirely it, it is a business, too. And I guess to the, other, the other side is that I, I don't I think a team that signs them, you know, like they probably can't count on him completely. You right. Know? Like, I think that's probably the difficult part of this too is that you know Taves deciding if he wants to play, is, you know the first part of the equation. But the second is what do you pay him and how like somebody would sign him. But yeah, he's not no, going to be making sure. seven or eight million, and it would be like a one year prove it deal for two million dollars or something like that. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, I, I just I just I think this puts a little bit more question that the fact that he's still dealing with this and we don't know like how to treat it and how to get better. And it's, there's, you know, you, you can't say that this is going to go away or that this won't be impacting him again next year. So, hey, you know, Kyle Davidson expressed hope that he could play again this season, that this isn't like, you know, he's, he's stepping away for a little bit, but that doesn't mean he's stepping away for the season. And it'd be great if he could get back into a game, uh, get another game in at the United center before this is all said and done. He can get the, the send off he deserves. There's a lot of little things like that. And, you know, What's yeah, odd is like, that you probably won't see Cannon Taves on the ice together, like, potentially. Yeah, I mean. yeah, that's pretty wild when you think about it. Yeah, but you know, it sounds like you know Taves has been working out and he went on the ice a couple times. He just wasn't feeling right. It doesn't sound like he can't do it. It sounds like he knows he shouldn't. And I think that you know, if it comes down to it, a month from now, and he wants to get on the ice one more time with the Blackhawks, I, I, I wouldn't put it past him. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I, 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 I get the sense that that no one's closed that door, and that's you know, like I, 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 my assumption is that he plays again for the Blackhawks this season, and yeah, it's at some point, and um, yeah, and and maybe it's maybe this it's easier too when you know the Blackhawks are on the low, the road a little bit more too, and there's there's a you know less scrutiny about him joining the team for you know practices or people watching him every time he skates. So, um. Yeah, either I mean th- those are obviously been the big names, but I I'd be shocked. There's, the there's a lot of make, other guys. Yeah, yeah like yeah, <laughs> ten days out, and and everything does still happen with the last few days. But it's you you see trades happening around the league, and you're you're sort of wondering like when when. Well, hang on. Let, let, let me let me let me ask you something before we move on to Lafferty and McCabe and all those guys. One more thing about Kane, yeah, because everyone keeps asking me this, mm-hmm. and I think we're you know I'm curious what you think. Has Kane? You know, the fact that he's dragged this out and the fact that, you know, people are giving him shit because, well, these other trades have already been made and you've screwed over the Blackhawks by not making their, your decision earlier when these ta- the Tarasenko, Horvat and O'Reilly trades were unusually early. Yeah. Like this is usually how it goes is how Kane's doing it. Do you think that this year detracts in any way? They're, they're, I, I don't think it makes a big deal. and People won't remember this in five years, but right now there's some actual palpable anger Toward Kane from portions of the fan base that think he's screwing over the Blackhawks somehow, which if if anything, he is doing the opposite. He's desperate to make sure that he doesn't screw over the Blackhawks. It matters to him. I'm curious what you think about that. I, I don't I think he wanted to do it. He wanted to have as much time like the schedule kind of played against him. You know, like there were so many yeah. home games early that this month and just not having as many games like I, I don't. I, I also think I don't think he wanted to say it and then have this kind of hang for two or three weeks like this you you want to you, you want to say it and then and then just you know pull off the band-aid so i i think i i think that he wanted to play as many games at home as it possible i don't think he wanted this thing um to hang over him and you know like people saying well when, when are you going to leave you know and um in in, in announcing you know I, I guess in respect you know people are saying that when you're going to leave now but in, in saying that you know i want to be traded i i think that'd be more challenging to be looked at as as a trader in some ways like he's the one who's leaving the blackhawks and and i, I know the blackhawks are sort of they, they pushing him out the door <laughs> yeah for sure so so i i i it's not completely fair so um and the other I, I don't know I, I feel like there's some fans that just want an answer you know like if Kane stays and then that's you know fooling this right and 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 he said it himself the other days where you know like the question was whether you know Kyle Davidson said you know the ball's kind of in your court and Kane's like yeah that's right because I have no you know no trade right, clause yeah, that's why you have it, it. Yeah. like you you um you put yourself in that position to to, to say when you want to go, if you want to go. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't think this affects his legacy and, 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 you know, like, I don't think Kane ideally would have wanted to be traded two weeks ago to the Rangers. Like, I don't think that's how he wanted. He wanted to have these last games. He wanted to spend as much time in Chicago if he is leaving. So I, I don't think that he's too, um, he's too worried or, I don't know how much he even hears about at least that side of it, maybe a little bit, but yeah, I don't, I don't, I think the majority of people still, and, and certainly those people that were, you know, at the United center on Sunday. And I think majority of Blackhawks fans are, um, yeah, I think part of them, some of them just want to hear, um, they want to hear what he was doing, you know, like the, I think it's easier to say goodbye. When do you know when that, when that goodbye is, I think, I think you seem dead certain he's leaving. I've always kind of been more on the fence about that. Like I expect him to leave, but I, it's realistic that he stays. I feel like now more than ever, it feels realistic that he stays and just 
does whatever he does in free agency. He doesn't he doesn't want to do that because he wants to set the Blackhawks up. He feels like he owes the Blackhawks. He knows he's worth a first round pick and he can get the Blackhawks a first round pick. And sure, contending this year would be great. But I think there's a part of him that's just like, you know what? Screw this. Let me just stay the rest of the year and do my own thing in free agency and not have to move twice in four months or whatever. I think he's battling that. He's battling that decision. Yeah, I, 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 I don't. I, 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 I'm gonna be shocked if he stays. Like, I, I think, I think he, I think the season's war on him. I, I think, it, I think lately he's having a little bit more fun. And, um, but I, I think this is one of his best chances to win a Stanley Cup again. Like, I, I think he goes to a team. I, I think he gets to choose who he plays with and playing with that level of player that you know, like he's, you know, he's shown in these last few games that he, he can, you know, ramp it up and be that elite player too. And to do that with, um, yeah, even higher level players, like, yeah, I don't know. I just everything he said and everything I've heard behind, you know, like from other people, like I, I, I'd be shocked. And um, I expect him to leave. I don't think yeah. I would be quite as shocked as you if he chose not to, though. Yeah, no, I just, I, I, I the Rangers, the Rangers coming off the board really messed with him. I think, I think that he was since day one was like, well, at least I can go to the Rangers. And then that, that, that was, that, that was going to work for him. And I'm not so sure he wants to be a, a hurricane or a star or a golden knight or a, uh, an oiler. I yeah, with Connor McDavid sounds great, but you want to be an Edmonton oiler. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I guess I, you know, like the, the idea of moving all those things, I, I just, I, I guess I don't see them as big of factors as you do. I, I think, you know, the Blackhawks on the road for the most of the point for the next month. And, um, you know, these guys are used to being away and, you know, like you've also have a lot of long off season. So the idea of maybe playing in the playoffs and, and, and I think Kane's very aware of where he is at his career and, and he certainly wants to play some more, but there's nothing guaranteed if you go to a team and, you know, I, I think the bring kid was hopeful when he went to Ottawa and, and it looks like, you know, like they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So I, I don't think there's any guarantee and especially, you know, teams trying to afford him in free agency. I, I think this is your best chance to choose a playoff contender, um, have some, a little bit more control of it because people aren't going to have to worry about the, the cap space, especially if Kane wants to get paid next year. So, um, and, and then, and then all the elements of just him, you know, wanting to play fun hockey. And so, I um yeah I, I guess I mean at this point like we are we I mean we are ten days away so anything can happen and um but yeah I'd, I'd still be shocked if he if he didn't ask for that trade. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U S based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. All right. So the million other guys that could be traded. I keep getting I, I keep getting texts from other writers, uh, you know, athletic writers and non-athletic writers like, well, what's the deal with this guy? And it's like, uh, yeah, you can have them. They're all available. Yeah. You know, people are even asking me about Seth Jones. I'm like, if you could, if you want to make that trade, the Blackhawks will make that trade, but they're not going to eat 4.75 for the next seven years. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's start with uh, with Jake McCabe. He seems to be the most interesting one because he's got those two years of term. I mean, I seem to think 
and I think Kyle Davidson thinks this way. He's he's happy to keep McCabe. Likes you know they they, they like McCabe. He's good. He could be a good counterpoint to Korchinski and help him along and all that. But uh, if the Hawks ate half his salary for the next two years, which they'd be happy to do, you could get Jake McCabe for two years at two million dollars in a flat cap world. That's worth a lot to me. Like that's worth more to me than a rental. And you yeah. have to think that that, that yeah. that's potential high second you know first round pick territory. Yeah, I, 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 I know. Yeah, if the Columbus Blue Jackets think Gavrikov is worth yeah. a freaking first rounder as a rent, I mean, come on. Yeah, and no, I mean, GM, there, there are plenty of stupid GMs out there, so I, I don't put <laughs> it past. I, I don't, I, I, you know, I like you've seen who's traded so far, and you've seen who's drawn the first rounder. I, I think that's the level, and and certainly when you think of you have Kane, and you still have uh, Timo Meyer, and you still you have other guys on the board that are still going to draw first rounders. There's only so many first rounders to go by, and yeah. I think McCabe is. Um, yeah, he's he's a nice depth defenseman, you know. Like he, he's he's ideally, you know, like on a really good team, he's your fourth or fifth, probably. Fourth, yeah. You know, like I just I, I think at two million dollars, it's a really good get. And um, yeah, Jake McCabe's, you know, like I, I was talking to someone and and it was you know looking to write about McCabe being traded and he's like oh you know what makes him so special and i'm like i don't know if you want to see special like he's a really <laughs> like I, I don't i i think i think the hype starts to grow at the trade deadline too and oh of course i think mccabe's been the blackhawks best defenseman which isn't a small thing but it's um yeah i i think he's you know like i i think that he's the type of defense in the blackhawks thought they were getting that he was going to be uh a second stabilizing force yeah. guy and he's been he's you know he's had a bounce back season and um, you know, I, I think his health is and his injuries are would be a slight concern, you know, like um, but yeah, two million dollars, like, yeah, that's that's a I'd give up uh, you know, second uh, a solid prospect, you know, maybe a third and a solid prospect. Yeah, I don't I, I think that's the type of thing and and I and I I do think Davidson is a position and, and same thing with Lafferty too, where they they don't mind keeping them, um, because it, it does they are the type of guys that they want playing for their team and, and they are good around, you know, it'd be good to have surrounding those young players. But if they, if they can get, I mean, they're still, you know, like you're still in the rebuild and they're still driving for assets. And um, so I, I think that if, if a team comes with the right price that they'll you know pull the trigger. It's tough because like, you know, some years Ryan Hartman gets you a first round pick and David Savard gets you a first round pick. But this year, when basically Ryan O'Reilly and Vladimir Tarasenko and Bo Horvat, three stars, each got basically just a first round pick with some other, you know, flotsam and jetsam in there. It's hard to justify Jake McCabe getting a first round pick, Max Domi getting a first round pick, Sam Lafferty. Like there are some years where Sam Lafferty would have gotten you a first round pick, but the bar's already been set. That price is already I, set. I question that statement as well. You'd be surprised. Ryan Hartman. What was Ryan Hartman when the Black I, I think Ryan Hartman, it was, it was about his age and, and, and it was, you know, like he was someone that you knew was under control. I mean, Lafferty's a UFA again. So, I I think Hartman not not that everyone saw what Hartman became in Minnesota, but I, I still think his age and you know I think Nashville saw him as someone that they were going to hang on to for a long time. You know, like they could re- and they and they signed him at a pretty good rate for the next year. So it's like Hagel too. And I mean, I think um, you know, like Hagel's a really nice player, but I, I think it was all about the age and and the cost certainty. So mm-hmm. I yeah, I mean Sam Lafferty's he, he's also a solid player, but he's probably never going to score more than you know 10 goals what he's doing like, now yeah yeah like he's he's probably this is the peak Lafferty like and he's a solid player he's probably you know like an you know third fourth line player on a really good team so yeah I don't know well, I don't you also have to factor in that, that, that people look at this draft so differently than they've looked at recent drafts where any first round pick is a big deal in this draft for sure you know, it's so top heavy and, and and it's so deep up there that everyone is thinking like you know we want to hang on to this unless we're getting a Vladimir Tarasenko or a Ryan O'Reilly or a Bo Horvat so 
Uh, that doesn't play, you know, which brings us to Max. Kyle, Domi. Na- Kyle Navidson needs you working for him because you, you, you'd have the Blackhawks like seven first round picks right now. Oh, easily. Yeah. Come on. Piece <laughs> of cake. Um, uh, let's, let's talk about Max Domi because yep. he's probably the most appealing in some ways guy that the Blackhawks have. He's a proven playoff performer. He's a veteran guy. He can score. He's having a good year. You can slot him kind of anywhere in the lineup, but he seems, God, I don't think he wants to be traded. He was signed to be flipped, but I don't think he wants to be traded. And I think that the Blackhawks are kind of like, now this could be one of those situations where it actually, we always say this, but he gets traded and re-signs in the summer. Like yeah. this is like when I could actually see that. It was interesting kind of, he didn't say that about Domi, but he sort of threw that out as a possibility. And I think they're, I think with Anathasiu and Domi, like there's, they both have the same agent. They both yeah. came on, you know, both signed at the same point. I think, and the Blackhawks need to spend some money, and they they have an idea who what both players are. Like they wouldn't mind those two guys. Domi's so. been so good in the room; he's such a big personality, which kind of a young bad team kind of needs that to kind of keep things light. And you know, this is a guy who's been chasing a home his whole career. He's been bouncing around. He's been moved at the deadline before. Uh, he's had some bad experiences in some cities. Uh, he really seems like he's found a fit. Like it, it's interesting when you can come to a bad team and still feel so comfortable that that's okay. And it really feels like Max Domi loves it here in Chicago and doesn't want to go anywhere. But yes, if he gets traded, I actually do expect him to resign in the summer. I think that's where we're at with Max Domi is he's going to be a part of this team for a number of years to come. Yeah, yeah, I, I think him and Anna the C are, are very similar. I, I yeah. wouldn't be surprised if both of them came back. If um, and, and part of some of the, one of the part of the equations, and I think Domi, you know, it, it's I do agree with you. I think resigns, but I also think it's the Bedard part. You know, like if they get Connor Bedard, I do think things get accelerated, and yeah. I think they're going to go out and try to sign some players. Um, and certainly Domi, I think Domi fits whatever part of the equation. You know, wherever they are in the rebuild, so I think he is someone. Um, it, it's interesting because you, you need some players to come off the board. I think, or 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 just you know, like. I think a lot of teams are still on option, you know, plan A for the trade deadline. And, and as we get closer to it, um, I think people start moving on. And I, I think someone like Domi becomes a little bit more enticing where yeah. you're not going to pay the price or, you know, someone's asking for too much and you, you still want to score, or, you know, someone that, you know, he, he's obviously a, a really good shooter. And I, I think playing with Kane's probably helped him, you know, in some way this year too. And um I think as we get closer that, you know, guys like Domi and Anthesiu, who who probably aren't, yeah, they aren't teams, you know, other teams' first options. But, um, and, you know, I I, I guess McCabe and, and Lafferty are the type of guys that maybe the discussions are happening a little bit now because teams are thinking, like, it's not just a rental and these guys certainly fit, like, a specific role. Um, and so, you know, I, I guess those type of trades could happen maybe sooner than later. Um, and the other ones maybe later, but yeah, I, I guess when we get within this window now, like I, I, it's anything can happen, but yeah, anything, I guess still closer to the deadline, but, um, yeah, it'd be shocking if nothing happens too, right? Like yeah. it's, <laughs> it, it would be, it would be malpractice if nothing happened. Yeah. No, you got to sure. get something for some of these guys. Yeah. I mean, that was right. the point of signing half of them. For sure. Um, what do you think yeah. about Seth Jones? What do you think about the what? What would the percentage odds you'd put at a Seth Jones trade actually happening? Yeah, like zero point five, maybe. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, um, I get asked it every time I do radio anywhere. Someone wants, it. but what about Seth Jones? Yeah, he's not getting traded. Yeah, I, the Blackhawks would be. Yeah, but it, it would certainly. Yeah, it would. It would help them in the rebuild. Can you, can you imagine how much they'd have to spend this summer if they lost Kane, Taves, Keith's recapture penalty? And Seth Jones? Yeah, no, Tenorti gets Max like a $20 Domi, $27 million, million dollar contract. <laughs> You're the highest paid player in the league. <laughs> Kershaw's holding out for like $15 million. 
<laughs> no, it'll, it'll, yeah, it'll be interesting offseason regardless. So, yeah, I, I, I think Jones is staying. And, you know, Jones has played better, too. And that, I think that yeah, yeah. Blackhawks, too. And... Yeah, I talked I talked to him when we were up in Montreal. And, uh, you know, he's still really bummed out about how this whole thing worked out. Like, this is not at all what he signed up for. He came to a team that he thought, you know, say what you will about what you thought as, as a fan. But he thought was going to contend and, and be in a position to win now. And man, he he said like he said he's like I've only I've been in the league ten years I've only made it past the first round one time. That's could depressing. be worse. He could be in Columbus, right? Like there, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, it's not like it's any better over there, right? Columbus, right? Yeah. So it's it's the uh, only difference is you get Hedger there, which is always a yeah. Is that a plus? Yeah, it's a plus. Yeah, is that a plus? Yeah. Are we sure that's a plus? He has some long winded questions he got there. I don't know, but he uh, but but he Jones is like you know in <laughs> Jones is thinking like. You know, well, I see it. You know, I know that we're going to have a lot of cap space this summer, and I could see this taking two or three years instead of four, five, six years. And you know, he has to tell himself that. But it's going to take a Connor Bedard to accelerate it to that level where they're going out and really adding free agents in earnest this summer. Yeah. Uh, he's, they're still a couple of years away from truly building back up to where they're they're looking for big fish. I think. Yeah, it's. Uh... I, I thought the points percentage was going to be closer to three three hundred for the uh, for the first pick, and all it's those hard to be that bad, man. It's hard. To I know, but it, we had a pretty large sample size, and all of a sudden these teams are are yeah, Columbus and Anaheim. Columbus keeps all, winning, yeah. Blackhawks even like it's Arizona can't stop losing. They can't stop winning at home. I think the with the basement right now is like three sixty or something like that. Yeah. Like a, so yeah, it's interesting to see, and and it, it's interesting because there's not a huge gap between those teams and the vancouver's and some of those right too like it's uh yeah and vancouver's now full-blown tank they're, they're joining the tank late here so yeah um i i still think it, it all depends on what the blackhawks and these teams have left at the after the deadline you know yeah. how bad do you get for those those 20 games after the deadline and, and we'll see how those things play out um th- that game on sunday was it, it was entertaining like it was we haven't had a lot of games this year where it's you know like that sort of crowd like it was the second biggest crowd next to the host tonight and it was toronto and um yeah blackhawks played well obviously kane had his game but they you know they they shut down the maple leafs you know for the most part and yeah it was uh you know gutman scores his first goal to break a tie and um stauber had a, a pretty good game again like it was um yeah, there have yeah, been many Sta- Stauber's like making a play here. Like Stauber was brought up because they didn't want to waste Arvid Soderblom in the NHL because yeah. Soderblom's your future number one. And Stauber is like number four in the depth chart, but like number five in the big picture list when you're talking about, you know, like a Drew Camesso. But he's playing himself into the conversation. Like he's not just some guy out there. He's playing really well. No, for sure. Yeah, no, he was he was good again. And he's um yeah, it'll be interesting because that you know, obviously Mirazic's here next season, so um maybe yeah i mean i i think soda bloom's the guy but you know like they they'll have to look at stauber if he continues to do this you know like it's i mean soda bloom was great early on this year but then by the time they sent him back to rockford he was turning into oh, yeah, a pumpkin the, yeah, a little bit yeah so. the wheels had fallen off and yeah they, yeah they, the last game they let him in there like for what seven goals for it was and um and i'll then tell you it's good to see that Go i was gonna say it's good for the goalies it's good to see that alex daylock's back and you know, potentially going to play on this trip coming up. He's been such a big part of that locker room this year. You saw in our player poll that nobody read. We saw that uh, <laughs> that uh, he was <laughs> he was like the most one of the most popular. He's funny. He's he's loud. He's smart. He's annoying. He's he's great. Uh, if, if he were healthy, I think he would have been in the conversation at the trade deadline too because he was playing like a nine twenty save percentage on a god awful defensive team. You know, some team might have taken like a little depth insurance and in goal uh, around the league, like a like even like a Toronto or someone like that, but. 
that seems impossible now with what he's been dealing with all year. But yeah, uh, it's good to see that. him back. And... There hasn't been much goalie talk around this deadline, has there? I mean, before Flurry, it's was hard. The... Goal- goalies don't get moved at the deadline very often. It's a really difficult. It's a much more difficult transition for a goalie than it is for a skater to join a new team and a new system and playing behind a new team. It, 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 it I think it's also the roster team. space, right? Like it's adding a third guy usually, and you know, yeah. like it's, it's there has to be an injury of some sort to make it really work. Yeah, or or someone you just don't like and you're worried about. Yes, that too. I mean, yeah. yeah, I mean, for Minnesota to come in and, and Flurry stepped it right in and you know started playing. Right, so. much to Cam Talbot's chagrin. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so we you got, got off to the morning skate here, huh? Yeah, off to the morning skates, and then we. Uh, I'm on the road trip, and then we have the deadline. Yeah, there's one home game, and then the deadline, and um. You know, if something breaks, I'm, we'll have something. But uh, yeah, it's entirely we'll, possible this entire podcast is obsolete by the time you were finished. Yeah, I need to, I need to, I need to put it up really quickly. So, <laughs> um, yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll. I guess, I, I guess we'll see how this week plays out and next week. But maybe we'll do one more before the deadline. Um, and I then, would think so. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah. Um, but either way, we will, uh, we'll have it covered, and I'll be on the road trip, and so. Uh, we will, uh, yeah, we'll be back at this again, and hopefully at some point we can actually have trades to discuss. So, uh, I know, right? <laughs> for uh, for Mark Lazarus, I am Scott Powers, and Celeste and Powers, and we'll talk to you soon. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.